Foodie lovers, it's time. Hello, food lovers, it's Dave. Are you ready for some foodie fun? Yes, today and every weekday, cooking something good and your host, Dave Duso, brings you foodie fun adventures and fantastic food talk. Get ready for great recipes, food experts, daily prizes, lots of laughs, and of course, great deals on restaurant certificates and other food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, oh no, it's Dave Dussault. Okay, I have to sing it. I have to. Things like this get me pumped up, so I've got to. Oh, it's the most wonderful day of the year. Oh, indeed, it just may be for a lot of you, and it just may be for me. Today's show, which is originally aired, if you're listening to it on the drop date, May 16th, 2022, which is today in the actual original date of podcast time. If you're listening to it after that date, you, I guess, are not in the actual original date of podcast time, whatever that might mean. But today, now, as I speak, it is National Barbecue Day. And Lord on high, bless my soul, I love barbecue. And, you know, barbecue means different things to different people and to people from different regions of the country also, it means different things. So today we will talk to a wide variety of different pitmaster slash restaurant folks with different styles and thoughts on barbecue. All great in their own unique ways. Bill Fletcher will join us. He's a longtime owner of Fletcher's Barbecue in New York City. He's opening a new barbecue joint this fall in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and Bill is going to talk about Brooklyn-style barbecue. Brooklyn-style barbecue? Ah, yes. And personally, after watching many video reviews of customers of his longtime barbecue joint in Brooklyn, Fletcher's, I am excited to hear about his new venture in Longmeadow, and I'm excited for it to open so I can go stuff my face. All this and more today. I'm cooking something good. But first, let's just take a moment and say thank you to our sponsors. They're the ones who make all this possible. The Conway Scenic Railroad. It's an old-fashioned railroading experience. You can learn more at ConwayScenic.com. E.L. Harvey Waste Removal and Recycling. They've been quietly improving our quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible waste disposal and recycling since 1911, Spill solved. move over speedy dry. Spill solved is the new standard in affordable, practical home and restaurant spill recovery. And if you order it from the cookingsomethinggood.com site, you get free delivery to your restaurant or your home. And Manny's Olive Oil, organically grown and handpicked from Manny's family's olive trees on the Greek island of Crete. 
From Manny's Greek family to your family's kitchen, it's Manny's Olive Oil. You can find it at our csgbn.com store. And those are our great sponsors. And we say thank you to every one of them. Guess what it is? Yeah, we've been talking about it all day long. Today is National Barbecue Day. And you know what? Nothing beats National Barbecue Day. Nothing. And what goes great with barbecue? So many things, but a great beer. And uh, my go-to are the Berkshire Brewing Company beers. I'm going to give Gary Bogoff a call. An old friend of mine, owner of Berkshire Brewing. One of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. If I can find his number here. And see what he recommends pairing for a good brisket. All right, there we go. I got it. I'm not a technological wizard, but I got it. Good morning, Berkshire Brewing. Hey, good morning. I'm looking for Gary. Is this Stacy? Yes. Hey, Stacy. You're on the show. You're on the, well, you're not live, but you're going to be on the show. Congratulations. I got to tell you something. In this day and age, <laughs> in this day and age, you call a company up and you get these pre-recorded 15 options. If you call Berkshire Brewing Company, you get someone like Stacy. You are the most efficient, friendliest, nicest, best at your job that I've ever dealt with. You're that, the best. You're the best. That, that's probably the nicest thing I've heard in a very long time. And it's, <laughs> I appreciate it's it. It's absolutely true. You know, don't you hate it, though? You call, you call places, and I'm not, breweries, I'm not making fun of breweries because that's, I don't think that's, who knows. But you call someone up, and it's like, how can we help you? Please say what you want. Uh, I want questions about my grill. I understand you want questions about your grill. Is that correct? No, it's not correct. Here's what I want. I want to talk to someone just like Stacy. That's what I want to do. And I got to do it today, yeah, so I'm happy as can be. Yeah. Hey, is my, is my good friend Gary in today? I want to ask him about pairing a nice Berkshire Brewing Company beer with uh, brisket, because today is National Barbecue Day. Yes, I believe that he is in. Let me put you through. Hold Thanks, Stacy. Have a great weekend. Or, you too. Bye-bye. She is delightful. Good morning. Hey, Gary Bogoff, Dave Duso from Cooking Something Good. How are you, my friend? Good, David. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I got to tell you, we just had a chat with Stacy. And I told her what I honestly believe. In this day and age, you call these places up, you get these endless voicemails. What would you like? I'd like a pizza. I understand you want a pizza. When you get Stacy, she is one of the nicest, friendliest, most professional. She's just so good at her job. So I just want to let you know that and our audience know that before I ask you a quick question. Well, thank you for the compliment. I will pass that along. It's absolutely true. Hey, every week we do a little, uh, twice a week, we do a thing called It's Time for a Quickie, and we thought about you today, and I'm just going to leave it at that. No, I'm going to continue. <laughs> at my age, there's no quickies. Just lo- At my age, there's no quickies, just longies, and then nappies, yeah. then nappies after that. Hey, it is National Barbecue Day, and uh, so many things go great with barbecue, but for me, it's a good beer, and whenever I think of a good slash great beer. I think of you guys, Berkshire Brewing Company. Say someone is going to make a brisket or go get a brisket on National Barbecue Day. What Berkshire Brewing Company bell would you recommend? What pairs best with a nice brisket? Well, to start, I would marinate it in our Shabadoo Black and Tan 
for a while before I even put it into the smoker. Oh, that's a great idea. But, uh, Thank you. See, you enlighten the world when I talk to you. It's so nice. Uh, well, we love beer. That's what we do here. So uh, <laughs> how can we use it? So, yeah, after you're done marinating and you got your brisket sitting in front of you, uh, I would wash it down with a beautiful cold Czech-style pilsner, or we have a nice summer wheat, or a very light New England IPA called dandelion. Oh, I love your dandelion. That's Actually, that's what I would do here. That's what I would, would pair it with. You're a genius. Does well, anybody ever tell you you're a genius? <laughs> Only when I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is summer wheat pairing nicely with a great brisket here on National Barbecue Day. It has been a time for a quickie with our good friend Gary Bogoff. This, this, uh, this version of Time for a Quickie sponsored by... Berkshire Brewing Company, because Dave Dusso loves Berkshire Brewing, and I also love you, Gary. What a great job you do. Thank you so much for being with us. And we love you too, Dave, and thank you for being my friend for 27 years. It's been a long time, we're st and we're still middle-aged. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll see you at 100 and a quarter. I'll see you there. I, I have no clothes for that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to wear. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Tell me as you are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gary Bogoff, the Berkshire Brewing Company. It's, it's been time for a quickie. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this with more of Cooking Something Good. So stick around. Hey, foodies. Welcome back to Cooking Something Good. You know, when it comes to your kitchen, some things you determine to be necessities, and everyone has their own unique preferences. And for me, it's very good extra virgin olive oil. In my kitchen, there's always only one, and that's Manny's olive oil. It comes from the Greek island of Crete. Manny's olive oil is harvested by hand, which is very rare in this day and age. It's not harvested by a huge automated machine, and that means there's no chemicals, and it means only the best olives make it into each bottle. I can tell the difference. It's the only olive oil I keep in my kitchen. Manny's olive oil comes from his family's own native olive trees on Greece's largest island, Crete. This affordable, gourmet olive oil has a unique and bold flavor that can't be found anywhere else. Manny uses only the highest quality of olives, which means they produce only the highest quality of olive oil. You can find Manny's olive oil as well as restaurant gift certificates and other great food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. Cookingsomethinggood.com. Manny's olive oil from Greece with love. Hey, everyone. If there's one thing I know quite a bit about, it's solid waste disposal and recycling. I ran a trash company for 25 years, and my family owned a trash company three generations. My grandparents started it for about 75 years. If you are, say, doing your kitchen over, cleaning something out, or you own a small business, a medium-sized business, a large business, a huge corporation, or you just need trash picked up at your house, I'm going to tell you, the company you want to call is ELL. Harvey. You can find them at elharvey.com. This is a pretty big company, but it's still family-owned, and it's still family-run. They've been in the business, the Harvey family, since 1911. Yeah, they're going on 110 years. They're great corporate citizens. The family is made up of some of the nicest people I've ever dealt with, and I mean that sincerely. If you need something 
that's related to solid waste or recycling, the company to call is E.L. Harvey. You can reach them at elharvey.com. E.L. Harvey, quietly improving the quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible solid waste and recycling since 1911. Hey, we're back, and you know what? Uh, it's barbecue. National Barbecue Day is actually today, and I'm excited. I have Bill Fletcher on the phone with us. Bill, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to chat about barbecue. Oh, so you are opening a place in Longmeadow in the fall. Is that correct? That's what we're hoping for. Uh, supply chain issues may get in the way of that, yeah. but we're... Um, gunning forward as we speak now you have had a restaurant you had a restaurant for a long time in new york in brooklyn and you made brooklyn style barbecue and a lot of people scratching their head i've never tasted it obviously but i watched a lot of the reviews video reviews especially and when people put their mouth on your barbecue their eyes rolled into the back of their head what's different about brooklyn barbecue you don't think about new york city brooklyn barbecue what, what's special about it yeah, we were there for a decade, um, and we opened up right when New York City uh, kind of had a boom of new barbecue joints. Um, I think we were one of, I don't know, probably five places that opened within six months of each other. Um, and Pete Wells at the at the New York Times, the food critic at the time, um, he wrote an article about said the, the headline was "Big League Barbecue Hits New York City." <laughs> um, and, you know, barbecue is religion to folks. Wherever you're from is the only true barbecue to you. Um, and so my goal with helping to kind of coin the term Brooklyn barbecue um, was just saying we're not trying to recreate anything. Like if you're from Texas and you have Texas barbecue, then more power to you and eat barbecue in Texas. I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want people coming in here like complaining that I got it wrong, you know. So, um so we really just set out to kind of do our own thing. And we probably pull a little bit from every style of barbecue at some place on the menu. Um, but also just tried to have fun and um, maybe be a little more loud and adventurous with some of the things. And talk to us um, about some of those adventures, because like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're from Texas or you're from South Carolina or you're from Alabama or you're from Maine, barbecue is different. To, I mean, types of barbecue, taste, flavors, everything the type of, of protein you use is different for everybody. Talk about some of your creative uh, endeavors. Well, I think, you know, like a barbecue rub, which you, which you um, season almost all of your meats with, um, that's like where a big part of the flavor starts. Um, and, for example, like a classic Texas rub is going to have salt, pepper, and cayenne, and that's it. Uh, and ours has 17 ingredients in it. (laughs) A pit pit master in in Texas is going to roll his eyes at that. Um, But, you know, we wanted to create something that reflected Brooklyn, which is this um, massive group of kind of cultural clash and integration. It's the world. It's the world. It sure is. You walk down the street, and, you know, if if you're into food, you're smelling aromas from 10 different cuisines on a two block walk, you know? Um, so we're really just, uh, influenced by that, you know? 
Yeah, and we've been talking all during this show. Barbecue itself is different to every person. To a lot of people, especially in New England, barbecue is I'm going to put two hamburgs, two hot dogs, and some chicken that I marinated in olive oil for 27 minutes onto the grill. And for me, that's that's not barbecue, but for me, it's it's all the things that I've tasted over the years. So you go to South Carolina, you get those vinegar sauces. You go to Alabama, you get those white sauces. You go to Texas, you don't get any sauce a lot. A lot of times there are no sauces in, in the barbecue. How did you decide you know, what mix you were going to use of all these different great, um, in their own ways, traditional barbecue cultures? Because it really is culture, right? It is culture. I mean, barbecue is sort of life to uh, an enormous part of American um, culture, I think. Uh, it is a uniquely American tradition. Um, and, you know, I, when I think about, I grew up in New England also, so a barbecue to me, it wasn't necessarily like we were going to eat barbecue. You were going to a barbecue. <laughs> yeah. There would probably be some grilled food, but it was more about family getting together, which for me, you know, that, that is what food is. Food is, is sharing uh, life's highs and lows with your friends and family. Like it's, oh, at least for me growing up and how I'm raising my family now, it's always around food. Yeah. Um, and, and barbecue, I think really invites that, that kind of tradition and that, um, like pulls everybody together. You know, now I got into competition barbecue probably like 15 years ago. That's where I sort of um, got really jazzed about barbecue. Um, and so now I have a couple smokers in my backyard. Yeah. And if, if I'm firing up the pit, um, a bunch of people are going to come over, you know, and yeah. we're just going to hang out all day uh, uh, and just um, kind of celebrate life. You know, it's just such a, such a great um pull to just brings people together. I think that's, that's really what I love about it most. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you make a good point about family and friends, and I always say food is is healthy as long as you're – I call it that deep breath time. You know, And with barbecue, it's a happy, smiley, deep breath. You're with friends or you're with family, and it's – let's just enjoy the food, enjoy our company – uh, like they do in, especially in Italy, where they eat outside. Let's just—we're in no rush here. Let's just take a moment to relax and enjoy life and all these great flavors that this world has to offer us. Too often times we eat because we've got to finish eating. And barbecue, I think, is really healthy because it gives you that chance to smile and just to stop for a second. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, there's I, not I, a question there. It's just a statement, I guess. But yeah. your thoughts on that? <laughs> right. Uh, well, I love food, right? Like I, yeah. I love to cook. I love to serve it. I love to watch people eat it. I like to eat it myself, like all of it. Um, but certainly there are moments in the day where I just wish I could like put a fuel pump into my stomach, and, I know. Like, you know, satisfy the, the, the food need and get on with my day. Um, and so even for a guy who would love to cook every single meal, um, it is nice to be reminded that, you know, you can slow down and you can actually enjoy this and you can have great conversation and uh, crack a beer or have a bottle of wine or um, chat about the day and, and where things are headed. You know, it's just, um, it's a, it's really romantic. I mean, what, one of the things that, that we talk about at the restaurant a lot, uh, especially when we're bringing on new staff members 
is that what we do is just incredibly intimate. You know, we work all day long, uh, and in the case of barbecue, all night long, because, yeah. you know, we're running the pits 24 hours a day, um, to create food. And then people come in and they take our work and they put it in their mouth. You know, it's like the most intimate relationship yeah, it's you true. can kind of imagine in any profession. So, like, we're, you're just so connected to, to your customers in that way. Um, it's almost, and, and it's almost your family. Yeah. Same thing. And it's, uh, it's almost porn like, right? It's very few things give me that much satisfaction, but good barbecue. Yeah. You, like, I, that's a good point. You, you grab it, your hands get all messy and you, that first bite and it's gotta be some kind of a chemical for me anyway, a chemical release for my whole body goes, Oh dear God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a, a biblical moment. I mean, this has got to be how, how, how Moses felt when the sea started to part. Moses, let's go. We got to hurry up. We got to hurry up. And he's sitting there eating barbecue. Oh, I can't go right now. This is how it happened. This is what really yeah, happened. Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. I mean, I, I absolutely love barbecue. I love kicking back. I cannot wait till your place opens. And like you said, supply chain issues now are crazy. I was talking to someone the other day who has to put in a generator at a customer's building and he is on a 497 day wait list for a generator oh so yeah, i just found out talking to one of my one of the builders who's bidding on projects um that electrical panels really essential thing in building out a restaurant yeah um he's six months out to get new electrical panels <sighs> and w- tell us so, you know while we're waiting tell us where it's going to be uh it's right on um, long meadow street mm-hmm. in long meadow um, and, it, and taking over the bones of a, um, like a beloved institution, uh, called Rinaldi's and they were there, an Italian place. They were there for 42 years, I think. Now, um, how far is that from Storrs library? That I don't know. How far is it from Bay Path community college or Bay Path college? Oh, you would walk, you'd walk it, uh, five minutes. Oh, one of my best friends lives five minutes away walking distance so i can walk there from his house in five minutes this just keeps getting better bill fletcher this just keeps getting better which means i can enjoy that's what we're really hoping to do like we want to have a real community place you know that's what it was in brooklyn mm-hmm. it's a it should be a place where people walk in and you know their best friends sitting at the bar and like their other you know family is in the back sitting down for dinner um say hello to everyone hang out you know Hey, we can't wait. Before I let you go, without giving away any secrets, and I'm going to give you a confession right now. We, I talked about it on last Wednesday's show. My traveling companion, who uh, I can't call anything else or identify as anyone else because she doesn't like me to talk about her on the show. I've known her for 34 years. We, we sleep in the same bedroom, but I can't say who it is. Uh, she, she loves my cooking. Loves my cooking, and the other day, I mean, 99.5% of the time. And the other day, she wanted blackened um, chicken with asparagus. It's asparagus season in the valley. I'm back down almost daily from my home now in New Hampshire just to get asparagus from Simarelski's farm, and we still have the house in Western Mass. So I made her blackened chicken, and for the first time in probably 14 years, she went bananas. She's like, this is too spicy. This is terrible. And then she went to Subway. It was so bad she went to Subway, she said. And for me, I kind of liked it. I thought it was hot. I was spicy. 
But how do you make sure, give us a recipe without giving too much away uh, of something that's going to be a spicy barbecue without going over the top. Am I putting too much pressure on you here? No, I mean, barbecue sauce is like, this could be a week-long conversation yeah. about how to make barbecue sauce because there must be two million of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of spice, you know, um, people always go to cayenne and that is a whopper. So, you know, you put, if you're making a quart of barbecue sauce and you put two teaspoons of cayenne in there, it's going to be really, really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer it sits, the hotter it's going to get. So, you know, if you made it on Tuesday and you go back to eat it on Friday and it's a little spicier. Um, so I often lean towards chili um, powders, which is not like the mix of, of like chili powder that you, that you get at the grocery store, but just root chili powders, so yep. one individual chili. Yep. Um, ancho is a go-to for me all the time. Mm. It has just a tiny bit of heat, but you still get all that chili flavor. Um, New Mexican is another great one. Um, so I would, I would say like steer away from the things that, that are just so potent and try to round out your flavor with um, varied chili powders that aren't, aren't so high octane. Yeah, that's good advice. I usually add a little bit of honey. We didn't have honey, and I usually add uh, a not spicy chutney, which I didn't have. So I'm thinking those two sweeteners I usually have in there weren't there, and maybe that's what caused it. It was hot, but, oh, boy, she doesn't get mad. She doesn't get mad very often at all, and she never gets mad. I mean, I'm not a chef, right? All these people, you should open a restaurant. You could, you're an amazing barbecue. You could open a restaurant. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. Are you kidding me? These people are the best of the best of the best. And they work 97 hours a day, which is really quite a, a feat. You want to catch a pitmaster to try to do a sales call, it's either 3 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night because they're there. And that's the kind of hours you're right. working. We appreciate. We love you. Bill Fletcher, we love you. Well, thank you, Dave. And uh, we're going to show our love when you open up. And what's it going to be called? Do you have a name yet? Fletcher's Barbecue Shop and Steakhouse. Okay, and when you're ready to open up, it's on Longmeadow. It's going to be on. It's going to be on Longmeadow Street in Longmeadow. When you're ready, we'll have you back on for a quick conversation so the world can know and uh, spread the word for you because we're excited. It is today National Barbecue Day, and you know what I like to say: it's the most wonderful time of the year. Bill Fletcher, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this with more of Cooking Something Good. Stick around. Hey, it's Dave. If you have a podcast or if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, I'd like to ask you to give me just about a minute of your time, and I'm going to tell you about the CSG Broadcast Network. That's the broadcast network that my show, Cooking Something Good, is on. The CSG Broadcast Network works with podcasting artists to help them get discovered. It's their focus. It's really what they're all about, and this is how it works. When you utilize a CSG Broadcast Network's multifunctional podcast platform, People can simply click and listen to your show on whatever device and on whatever platform they use to listen to podcasts. So when you're on our network, you're also on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the other big network platforms, but you're there for far less money. But, you know, there's more to success in podcasting than just show distribution. When it comes to growing your podcast, knowing your audience, that's key. And the cornerstone of understanding your audience is having the right analytics 
and knowing how to use that information. Creating a successful podcast, it all hinges on producing a good product and understanding the numbers. Our analytics are IAB certified, and the analytics engine that you utilize provides you with reliable data you can use to track progress, audience engagement, and share with advertisers. IAB certification helps give those advertisers, those folks out there who are buying ads and supporting podcasters, more confidence about advertising with you and all our content providers on the CSG Broadcast Network. And lastly, and this is important, when you and your podcast team up with the CSG Broadcast Network, you still own your show, but the CSG Broadcast Network's advertising revenue sharing model means you are collaborating with a network of like-minded podcasters with shows covering a vast array of genres, and that helps us all better monetize our shows. How much does it cost? Yeah, it's $9.99 per year. You heard that right. It's not per month. It's $9.99 per year. With that, you will get the RSS feed that would usually cost you between $155 and $175, plus all the great analytics, all the support, all the collaboration. It's really a great Deal. If you're interested, you can contact Jack at cookingsomethinggood.com or you can simply call us 732-336-1040, 732-336-1040. We will help you get started. It's not hard to do and believe me, it's not a really expensive venture. We'll help you with everything. The CSG Broadcast Network. Together, we're listening, we're learning, and we're growing. Find us at csgbn.com. Hey out there, if you're a restaurant owner or a restaurant manager, I want to tell you about a game-changing spill recovery solution. It's called Spill Solved. Now, you're always going to want to have it nearby for when those nasty spills happen and for when you're cleaning up your greasy floors at the end of a shift. There's no more chemicals and mops to clean your greasy floors at the end of the day. Spill Solved goes on dry. It works instantly on grease and all kinds of spills, leaves no oily residue, and it leaves the affected area safe for foot traffic immediately. It's great for restaurants, and it's reusable. It's really a great product. You can buy Spill Solved at cookingsomethinggood.com, or for more information and an on-site demonstration, call Spill Solved at 413 537 Eight nine seven nine. Spill solved the new standard in spill recovery. We're back. It's time for theme music, please. That's not really the theme music, but it is time for Seattle to Sunapee. AJ Andrea Jorgensen Andrea, how you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm always happy to hear your voice. That's what I say every week, and I mean that sincerely. You have nothing to say to that, do you? <laughs> I'm happy that you feel that way. <laughs> I'm so glad. Hey, we're talking about mint this week, and I am a big yeah. fan. I am a big fan. Al, my friend Al, who owns Albie's Fruits, uh, a little fruit and vegetable place in the north end of Boston. Cool little place if you ever get out. I mean, you know the north end. Have you ever been to Albies? Oh, yeah. Albies is a great place. He's been, uh, 
It's like Probably. in between Hanover and Salem Street. Oh, then I've definitely been there. Yeah, it's on the left hand. There's a little, but he has great fresh stuff and he's got great, great advice. But he told me with mint, he said, here's a secret. He said, chop up as much mint as you want, tons of it, and put it in your freezer. And every day, take some out and chew on it as you're going somewhere. Take a little bag and put the, the little frozen pieces in your, in your little Ziploc bag and you take it with you. And if you're going in to talk to somebody, you're going to be close to somebody. Take a little chew on it, take a drink of water, rinse it out, and you're going to have the freshest breath you've ever had. Which can, that wrong. I'm sure that works wonders. It works wonders, and it stays, and it actually, you start, it's kind of frozen-y when you start to chew on it, and then it melts really quickly. It's got a great flavor to it, but there's so many things you <laughs> could do with mint, and mint's got quite the history, too. We'll start with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, it's referenced in Greek mythology. Um, I think I forget it was like uh, fields of mint dementa. I think they called it. I can't. I well, don't know my Latin, but well, you know, um, you know, the Greeks were famous for good breath too. I can't. Oh well, there you go. I, I can't back that up. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about mint. First of all, it is prolific, so it wouldn't surprise me that there were like fields of it. If you make the mistake of planting it in your garden, prepare for it to take over everything. Um, but I have a three gallon pot of it on my patio. Um, and I just keep it growing all summer. It's great, uh, in everything. I probably use it. It's probably my, my second favorite herb besides some basil. And I use both of them constantly. I put it in cocktails. I put it in smoothies. I put it in uh tabbouleh. I think we touched on that last week. Um, uh, I put it in everything, especially during the summer when you get like all the fresh produce in, you start getting in like your stone fruit and your cherries. Mm-hmm. And you do like chop up some mint and put that in there with some uh, white balsamic. Like that is delicious. And being Kentucky Derby week, mint, yes, your mint julep. Yep, I had some mint juleps this week. My, my, yeah. my horse did not win the Kentucky. You know, I've never won the Kentucky Derby. I'm not a big gambler or anybody, but I've never won. I've only watched it once. You're kidding me. Yeah, I've only watched it once. Um, really? I've always thought it would be cool to go though. You know, like the funky hats and yeah. the Well, the, I've been uh, I've been twice. When I, I went twice when I was younger and we were in the infield. There's not really a lot of funky hats. There's a lot of effed up people, but not a lot of funky hats. And you really can't see the race and you're young and you drink too much and you drink too many mint juleps because you're stupid. So you don't see the race from the infield. You don't see anything. You're usually drunk. So I would like to go as an adult and sit in the grandstands and do that. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And great foods. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, I'm hydrating. I'm trying to drink a, a <laughs> gallon of water a day now. Nice. But I talk a lot, and then I talk all day when I do the show, So I and I talk too much anyway. I talk a lot. I can't help it. I know. I know. I've known you for many years, David. Uh, but I've never won the Kentucky Derby, and I'm not a big gambler, but every year I gamble, I, I bet on it. And I, I just, I mean, and a lot of times, and I, I'm like the $10 gambler, $20 gambler at the most once a year, but a lot of times I bet all my money to win on the long shot, and it's like 80% of the time I did it, and this time I picked the 46 to one shot, and of course the 80-something to one shot wins the race. So, but there's always a nice party back down in Hatfield 
our friends put on an annual and they do a great job. Great food. That's what I like. Great food at these kind of events. And mint juleps was one of them. I love I love lamb. Lamb is oh, one of my favorite things in the world. And I make a a simple Greek yogurt, a little bit of lemon, uh, lime. Actually, I don't put li- lemon in that. Salt and pepper, uh, Greek yogurt, yogurt, and mint chopped up. That's it. And that's I dip. I use it as a dipping a dipping sauce for my lamb. And that's one of the. Things. I mean, I love mint and lamb. I love mint and drinks. What else? Mm-hmm. Is, what else? I mean, what's your go to when you're making when you're using mint? I always think lamb. Um, yeah, so similar to lamb. I do a, a mint pesto when <sighs> I do lamb. Oh, that's nice. What's your yeah. re- What's your recipe? Uh, so there's two versions I usually do. One is a creamy one. I put mascarpone cheese in it. Oh my god, that sounds good. It's good, and then when it gets on the lamb, it kind of melts. Yeah, because you know, the the uh, oh. mascarpone has a really low melting rate. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, melting rate. I guess you would say. Uh, so I usually do that one, and then I'll do like a, a regular pesto um, with the mint. I usually use the pine nuts in that, um, although you can do it with almonds, and it's delicious as well. I like that with uh, I, I like that with pine nuts. The almonds to yeah. me is a little too, a little too dense. Yeah, I've done it. I've done a pesto like a regular basil pesto with walnuts before. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, especially I find with walnuts, you got to have really fresh walnuts because if you get any bit of that, like you get one of them in there that's rancid, like the oils are no good anymore yeah. and it just throws off the whole thing. Um, so I find that I have a really hard time with walnuts, but um, yeah, I'll do a mint pesto with lamb, uh, either of those versions. I throw a ton of mint in cocktails. Um, I love mojitos. I love the um, whiskey smash or a bourbon smash with mint. Um, I do like a great, I forget the, is it a Paloma? What is it? Is it gin or tequila and grapefruit juice? I don't I know. what the actual name of that is. I'm not, a, dr- I'm not a drink expert. I, I'll, I'll order a drink. People will bring me a drink, but I'm not a, I'm not very well versed. I just, I, I just started drinking old fashions. Oh, I love old And the only reason I did is because I never had one and I didn't, didn't really want, I, it's not that I didn't want one, I didn't know what it tasted like. But I always wanted to say, can I have an old fashioned? Because Thurston Howell III on Gilgan's Eyes said, Lubby, get me an old fashioned. You know, where the hell they were getting this bourbon on a deserted aisle. And orange and yeah. Now that we're talking about that, not that we really are, but what the hell was a multimillionaire doing on there with a farm girl from. From Kansas, a scientist. What was the movie star doing there? Why would they be in this little boat with Gilligan and the skipper? Why were they on the boat together? They were how taking did, a tour. Yeah, but how did Mary Ann, a farm girl from Kansas, afford the same trip that a millionaire, a multimillionaire? Back in the day, you were a multimillionaire. You were a billionaire. How did yeah. that get on the same boat? I don't know. I don't Should, think I've ever actually seen the show. Well before my time, David. I know, but ugh. You've never <laughs> seen like time. you've never seen Gilligan Island. There wasn't many of those maids, you know that? Were there really? Not many at all. Huh. I know because 
When I was reading Reuters news the other day, a thing popped up and said, did you know that there was only this amount of Gilligan's Islands ever made? So I was dumb enough to click that stupid button, and then you're, that has you like, next, you next, 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 next. And every once in a yeah. while, when you go to hit next, it jumps to the ad, and then the ad comes up. Yeah. And it's like, how did I get suckered into this? But you want to know why, why this is all happening. So we have to find out now, because I'm sure listeners are listening in. How many? We're we're looking it up. The I remember watching a couple of years that. The first one was September 26, 1964. Oh. Uh-huh. So I was, uh, I don't know, about 210 days old. <laughs> Just about, give or take. There you go. You always think that there's so... How many were there? 36 episodes. Really? So one season. Wait a minute. I don't know if I can back that up. There was... Go on to IMDb. Guaranteed it's on IMDb. I am a data processor? No. IMDb. It's like inter... DB. International Movie Database or something. There we go. Gilligan's Island. This really isn't that important. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how this... How do we get uh, here? Coincides with mint, but uh... there was ninety-six cast members, full cast and crew. There you go. I don't need the crew. Right. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The secret of Gilligan. Come on, it was on for three years, so it had to be more than that. Very popular episodes, video. All right, I give up. I am not the kind of person who can look this stuff up. Somebody please find this out and email David. Yes, email me, or you can text me, 732-336-1040. Be the first person to send that text, 732-336-1040, a $20 gift certificate to Joe's Cafe. No, we're going to give you a $20 a $20 Visa gift card. That way you can use it at any restaurant or any specialty food store or any food store you want. That's even better. Go get some mint. Go get Go some, some mint. mint. Try out some cocktails. So what else do you, be ta- Actually, be, besides lamb and, and, make, and drinks, sorry. what else do you do with, do you do with mint? Uh, so I make tabbouleh a lot during the summer because yep. I usually swap out the tomatoes and cucumbers for a bunch of like stone fruit and stuff like that. Oh, that's a great uh, idea. Yeah, and so, I mean, you can keep the cucumbers in, but I swap out the tomatoes and I put in, you know, peaches or I'll put in um, the cherries when they're in season or I'll put in strawberries. I actually made it this week with strawberries. Um, So I usually do that, but then I also make, and it's so easy, but it's delicious. It's uh, a cucumber and watermelon salad with mint, or you can use basil, uh, and it's olive oil, lime juice, chop up your cucumbers and watermelon, chop up your herbs, stir eat like delicious so refreshing so like, simple awesome so simple awesome to serve with a barbecue when mm-hmm. you want something that's like really light and, and good oh it's so good on a hot summer day too that like you on said just day. refreshing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, i like that 
I like I like I love beets. I think we talked about this last week too. Oh yeah. Yep. And yeah, I think when we started talking about it, I love beets. Yeah, and mints go well. Mint goes oh, yeah. well with beets. Mint and dill go really well with beets. I mean, uh, you can kind of you can you can bake some carrots and and caramelize some carrots and some beets and little goat cheese and then the mint and the dill. Okay. That's another thing I love to make. Throw in some orange segments. Yeah, that's a good idea too. That little acidy freshness. Mm-hmm. Those are you know I love summertime. I love eating outside. It's one of my favorite things. Being in Italy, I you know it always surprises me. It's my second trip there, but. Everyone eats outside whenever possible, and kids are running all over the place at nine o'clock at night. It's just a different world, but I love that that just the warm air, the smells going through the streets and and food on the table and and it's that's that's I love that. I love eating outside, except I live in a field when I'm down in Massachusetts, I live in a field uh, and oftentimes fertilized fields. Oh, so f- that's not really what you're going for. Yeah, flies can have a... Even when they go, flies can be an issue. <laughs> flies. And, you know, nothing you can do. You know, the, in, actually, you can. A simple fan, just a simple fan, not that's blowing your, your napkins and everything off your table, but just a simple fan will keep mosquitoes and, fan, and flies off you. And that's and not a not a little one, but it spend if you're gonna spend money on your backyard and it's something you enjoy being a part of. You like being out back, whether you have a pool, a hot tub, a garden. Um, you love to eat out there. You like the view, but it's a mosquito slash bee hornet fly problem. Just get yourself a decent fan, and that will solve that problem. Because mm-hmm. outside eating to me is just great. Although my grill is broken. I bought a grill. I bought it from Lowe's. I can't remember the brand. I bought it a while back. My wife and I are having a... Let me rephrase that. My traveling companion and I are (laughs) having a... Have had discussions where we haven't come to an agreement yet as to what the price was for that grill. I think I paid too much. Mm. I think I paid like eight ninety nine. She thinks I paid about I think I paid four ninety nine. She thinks I paid fifteen hundred. I do know that after I bought it, and this is typical me, because if I should have let her buy it. Because of course I did the research after I bought it and found out that it was a crappy grill. Where she would have uh, actually that's not number one. That's that's actually not true either. She I bought the grill without her consent or knowledge that I was buying this grill. And then after I bought it, set it up, she had been away for a couple weeks, used it multiple multiple times already, so we couldn't return it. She then did the research and found out that it was a crappy grill. And then I did the research, and I found out it was a crappy grill. So it has survived. That's the other thing we disagree on. I think we've had the grill grill for 14 years. She thinks we've had it for four years. Now, I am pretty sure that I am right on every one of these accounts. There's only one thing in the back of my mind that makes me think she might be right, and that is whenever we, my traveling companion and I have had this disagreement in our 33 years of being together, 36 years now being together, 2000 and, no, 1984, wow. Wow, 38 years. 38 years. Um, 
she's been right every time. It so, doesn't work that way. Yeah, that, make, that makes me believe that she might be right. So she doesn't want me to buy a new grill because I wasted all that money on a grill f- without doing any research, you know, however long ago. So whatever. I, I, I cover it up. I usually use it in the winter. I didn't use it at all this winter, but I always cover it up. And, and for whatever reason, when I took the covers off, the knobs all fell off. And I thought, well, That's this is no problem. big deal. I put the knobs back on. I'll turn the handle, and the grill will work. But... I turned the knobs back on. I put them back on and I turned them, but they don't turn correctly. But there's only one way the knobs will go on. So I thought I had it all figured out and I turned the gas on. And you can already see what's going on here. You know, know, it's it's funny. The nickname Eyebrowless Dave is funny for a while, but I'm getting sick of it already. I didn't lose my eyebrows, but there was a boom. It wasn't like a boom, like houses shook. But there was a boom and a big flame that instantly went out. So I immediately turned the gas off from the tank. Right. And my thought is, I'm not going to be able to hire anybody to come fix this grill. That's going to be, it's got to be more than a new grill or at least close to it. So I'm already thinking, what kind of new grill can I get, right? So maybe I'm just manipulating this from the start. Maybe I purposely did something back in the fall. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Maybe subconsciously I wanted to get rid of that grill because now I'm embarrassed that I have a crappy grill and I have from the start. So now I want a new grill. So I'm not sure if I'm getting a new grill, but all in all, I'm having a tough time. I have to have a grill, right? Because I, I need to cook out back. And I bought, you know what? She's got to be right. Because I bought one of those idiot things that had a sink that came as a separate movable in, in a countertop. Never oh, yeah. worked. It was just a bad decision. Bad, bad, bad decision. So anyway, I'm grillless. But when it comes to grilling outside, what's your favorite summertime warm weather grilling meal you can make that has uh, that has mint in it that has mint in it i would do tabbouleh i would uh marinate the chicken in some olive oil and some um lemon juice and some oregano and i would uh, let that sit and then i would grill it up and slice it and chop it with some tabbouleh and fresh strawberries and slivered almonds and feta again lots of protein it's still really and still light yeah, it's and light, but it's not. That's kind of cool. Yeah, normally when I make tabbouleh, traditionally it's done with cracked wheat, but yeah. I actually make it with quinoa, so you get more protein um, and stuff like that too. You make it with team what? Quinoa. I know quinoa. It's a word I I love that commercial where they. Did you ever see that insurance commercial where no one can pronounce the word quinoa? Quinoa. You know, you're getting to be your parents. <laughs> Have you ever seen that commercial? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the quinoa. That's how I feel with words, but I do like I I like uh, I love tabbouleh and chicken is is and when you do this you have skin on your chicken it's bo- it's bone in chicken and then you cut it up right? No, I always do skinless chicken breast. Do you really? Skinless boneless. Yep. Oh, I find it bland. Well, that's why you marinate it. I know, but even when you marinate it, you got to marinate it overnight. 
that 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 chicken what oh yeah that chicken the skin on the chicken gives it such a great such a great uh, flavor that fat when it when it melts down i love it but you can still take it off but i just love 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 <laughs> and then i'll take it off i won't even eat it but it right. to me it gives a flavor and then i'll debone it i'll cut it up or debone it after i uh, after i've cooked it but i think the boning gives a great flavor i just don't like boneless skinless chicken i don't hate it's it pretty much all i buy really yep i'll eat it there's no food i won't eat I mean, I've never been to you know monkey brains or, or right, right, right. spiders, but anything Western, even you know Asian foods. I love eel. I love everything. Oh, I love eel. But you can't get anybody to eat it. It's like anchovies, right? Either you, either you're grossed out, or you, I mean, hey, come on, folks. People eat steak, but they're grossed out by eel. Or you go to the supermarket and says this steak was, you know, I, I got packaged uh, uh, mince the other day, mince, burr, you know, mince and uh, beef mince, and uh, oh, yeah. it said humanely treated. I'm like, this freaking thing is <laughs> this cow. It's like, you know, am I gonna go to court? Yeah, Your Honor, I did murder him, but I did it humanely. Whoa! In that case, go ahead, go home. Good man. Goodbye. You care. You care about people. It's like, no, it wasn't humanely handled. You killed a motherfucking thing. Come on. I wonder how the cow feels about that. Yeah. Yeah. Or the cow's wife. All right. The, 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 the bull feels about that. Oh, he's probably got 15 more wives. It's okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, my. At least. Wow. That's 15 less chances I'm getting a grill. <laughs> that's a lot of problems right there. That's a big problem. Yep. Hey, we got to call it a day. It is always a pleasure to speak to you. We will talk to you again next Monday. Have uh, fun on your weekly journey through life, and we'll catch up soon. My good friend AJ, Andrea Jorgensen, the Ayatollah of Coolerola. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. I'll talk to you next week.